Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022. Today on the Ether, building on open source with PS Labs, hosted by Gravidow. Let's take a listen. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, David. Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I've been, um... So, I I bought some cannabis seeds and, uh... Yeah, um... (laughs) continue. And um, I read that the best way to grow them is in uh, felt pots, so yeah, not yeah. ceramic pots. Not... Because they take so up you, you the correct amount of water that they actually need, like rather than just like drowning the roots and them rotting. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know specifically about this, like cannabis seeds, but I know about my 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 family is all green fingers, you know. So uh, they got all kinds of things going on. I'm just a t- I'm just like a nerd with computers, and then that's about as far as I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, setting so, it up. I'm setting it up. Uh, apparently, if the roots touch the felt, then they split in two yeah. and then return to the center. So you have more root growth when when the pot is made of felt. So I've been stitching the felt part. Wait, yeah. shouldn't you be? Shouldn't you be writing smart contracts? <laughs> uh, I'm just. Uh, nah. I'm I'm spending way too much time in the computer, anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, so it, it feels good to do something else. Yeah. yeah. So how much of your day are you working full time for Gravidow? Then is this like your yeah yeah job? Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to get there as well uh hopefully very soon we'll see how the launch goes tomorrow but yeah. if that goes well I, I i do wish it for you yeah i hope so uh, I, yeah. i'm it's not only that it's um i mean like obviously that's the main thing is um but like all of our team we're all kind of just like um people who do uh we have a full-time job and then we just love this so we we work on it and uh i kind of not just for me i wish it for all of them as well like just to come join me on this like crazy uh web free blockchain adventure nft adventure they all really love it they're all super passionate it's crazy they're all just like coming out of the woodwork saying like i'm a data scientist i'm a uh augmented reality designer and i'm like oh my god these these people are so talented wow. <laughs> I'm like uh, wow. that's how you know so everything you've seen we've worked on so far it's like I'll, I'll go i'll go into the weeds of it a bit more later but yeah it's just, just people coming out from our community and um just sort of like doxing themselves i guess to some extent of like what they do in real life and saying i want to be part of this uh so it's been really interesting so yeah if tomorrow goes well i'm gonna quit my job i'm not gonna do it straight away because i've got too much going on so like by the end of summer hopefully winding it down and then uh 
and then like hopefully alongside with that trying to get all these guys along with me because they all we all have like full-time jobs essentially and that's the that's the dream even though like you know building these ai products is the dream the real like the other dream immediate dream is to just get uh these guys on with me are you how big is your team in, in and how many of you guys are just working full-time for Gravidal? Um, we've got um, eight people working full-time. Um, and then we have uh, some contractors working as well. Yeah. Eight full-time? Yeah. How do you manage? So, so um, I mean, is it all right if I kind of semi, semi-interview you as well? <laughs> I guess it's just like... <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you sort of get started with that? Um, how, how did you, yeah, how did you begin? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, this is an open forum. I want to, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose people, people did tune in here to, uh, to learn about your project, but anyways, to, to keep it short, um, we started with Lunar Assistant in, um, September it was, mm. um, and then we started doing, um, seed rounds in, in January. Yeah. Um, so we've been, um, the pre-seed is sort of done, um. And we've we've had the you know sort of the luck that um, we we had support from um, many really nice people in in the Terra ecosystem to hook us up with interested parties. Um, yeah, and yeah, I see. You're kind of like willed along to some extent by the community. Um, how did you? So was it off the back of like sort of the seed rounds? You did some hiring and uh got sort of your team of eight yeah i mean or actually almost everyone um except for simon i guess almost everyone was working for free uh in in the first couple of months yeah yeah that's one thing so people are kind of semi working free and people have like really been really happy to do it but i just um i've got like a problem where i just can't accept people working for me for free yeah <laughs> like um i just can't take the, the the guilt i guess like i just feel like this so I, i'm not this is not a criticism by the way because obviously uh these people are offering themselves their choice and like uh same same thing happened with our project but it's just um when people are like giving you so much that you feel that oh, man like, you're so kind uh this shouldn't just be like just a i don't know because it's a business transaction as well in the end in in a lot of ways it's really hard to balance that sort of like someone's kindness and just like basic sort of taking that and then basically like basically you offer them then all full-time jobs they all got on board they just you just needed sort of a bit of extra fuel to get you there and they 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 got you there <laughs> yeah so and, i mean really the, the, there was some kind of pressure after a couple of months um you know some were like you know when are we going to get paid um yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. for me as well i, w- I was living off my savings um but savings oh. won't last forever and it's not really the point <laughs> to yeah to, exactly. uh, yeah that's um sort of the um some of the pitfalls i think of an nft project right is um it's hard to turn it into sort of like a, a sustainable sustainable business because in you know in 
in the most typical sense you just do sort of like one big fundraiser or a few big fundraisers and then um you spend that money obviously to build and then but how do you kind of build a system that works without just doing big fundraisers all the time yeah that, um, that is you need to create an economy of sorts exactly right? yeah and i guess that kind of like leads nicely into than what we're doing. And by the way, I'm going to be interviewing you back a bit, I think, tonight because I'm really interested. <laughs> I'm actually really genuinely interested in just like Gravidal, to be honest, because you guys have, you guys picked up really quickly on, on my project and really supported us. And, and then basically one of the, the absolute first things that we utilized to get our project off the ground was Lunar Assistant and the tools that your project creates. So... I know this is kind of meant to be talking about our collection launching tomorrow, but I think I might like, let's make this more of a conversation because I think I've got a lot to learn from you tonight. Um, and, uh, oh, there's some pretty cool people in the, yeah, we've got, we've joining. got CFI, we've got the DeFi Jedi. Um, yeah. Satan is here as well. Um, hello. Let's, uh, let's bring them all up just in case CFI, yeah. he joined in our AMA yesterday. He's very. He's he's got a great brain between those ears. He's a. Uh, he added so much value, but um, yeah. yeah. So I, I just sent out my invite to my thirty-eight friends that I have on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so bad at Twitter. But, um, yeah. In terms of, can I ask you an, another question? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I, I have a list of questions for okay. you. Okay. Um, Shall we? But yeah, go ahead. Let me just ask this first question then about you, and then we'll get into the real interviews. Like, um, how, like, who, who are you in real life? As much as you want to tell us without like doxing yourself, if you don't want to. And why did you start off your NFT project by building all these tools for Discord? Uh, how, why did you oh. fall on that as sort of the first um, <laughs> uh, thing that you thought yeah. you had to tackle? No, you, you. Do you really want me? Because it, it will take a while. Oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can. Um, I'll just keep that question, and uh, we we let's can do get it. to it at the end. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. we smash through. I'll smash through these questions yeah. because I'm basically doing back to back AMAs. It's pretty much like a a routine now. But um, I'm going to bring that back up once I've kind yeah. of just uh, covered covered all That's the bases true. of what we've got coming up because I, um. Yeah, I'm like I'm actually just equally interested to just talk to you tonight, uh, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay, so um, I just wrote some questions out of the back of my head. Um, Great. Since just maybe th it. there might there might be people here or later listening um, who who don't really know what what PS Labs is. So um, I had been modding for Talis in in Autumn, and um, I regularly go back there and sort of check projects because it's yeah. Not a lot of people go there and you do find really nice art collections and stuff like that. So I found PS Labs, um, which had, you know, offered an, an, a render machine, AI render machine for five bucks uh, a subscription, which was ridiculous. Uh, so I said to the team, why don't we just buy a hundred of them and distribute <laughs> them to the community members? Um, so we did that. Um, and all of them had a lot of fun with it. I think many people really enjoyed awesome. um, being able to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I think a couple of days ago, I was checking one planet and I saw like, oh, PS Labs has a new mind upcoming. Um, so this sort of AMA is is uh, for that. And the first question would be like, what's your 
professional background and how long have you been into AI engines specifically? <coughs> Sorry for the cough. Um, so my professional background is um, I'm like a produce, I'm basically like an advertising producer. So I work with photographers, filmmakers, set builders, companies, brands, models, acting agents, like everything. And I, they like take the whole sort of talk to the brand. What do you need? How many platforms you're delivering to? Well, all the deliverables, photography, video, website. Uh, do we need to do campaign stuff all the way down to e-commerce things? Um, and then they'll give like, and I'll be like, okay. And they'll be like, here's our total budget. I'll be like, okay, here we go. Let's build the team. Let's, well, it starts actually with creative concepting. So we'll like be like, here's like a creative concept for like this season and these products that you've got these certain unique selling points, uh, this sort of uh, scenes, these sort of talents are perfectly aligned with that. And the, the, you know, these sort of anecdotes and storylines will drive that those USPs really well. Uh, and then like, the you know, once that's signed off, then like I, then so the basically when that signed off the budget signed off and then I'll, I'll go then just hire all the people we need to create it book in the studios and locations all like all the caterers all the transport all the talents uh we then produce it like the actual shooting days like production and then we go into post-production doing all the edits cut downs all the variants all the the different aspect ratios we need for all the platforms all the different time frames three second 15 second 30 second all the different call to actions at the end and stuff so we can end up basically delivering close to like three four hundred different content variables at the end um and then with like more edits after so that's kind of like what i do like right now it didn't start that way because i started as a photographer about 12 14 years ago uh when i was about 16 years old I started as a retoucher in a studio. It's like my one of my first jobs, and uh, uh, yeah, and I just kind of kept plugging along with that. I then went to London College of Fashion to study fashion photography. I did fashion photography for about eight years. I worked with everyone I wanted to work with: uh, Burberry, Vogue, GQ, or like basically every brand I wanted to work with. I got I worked with, and then. then after that i kind of started my own studios in london so i have three studios in wimbledon right now and um i run them in like this airbnb style platform where like um people could just book their time in the studio through like the website and then they just turn up everything's included for free like all the stands all the lights uh, and then uh, you know just pay online and then uh done because Booking studios can be quite complex. So that's like actually my real business is um, the studios. Uh, I've built seven of them over the past five years. And now I have three left because I just, the first ones were just like starter studios. And then it just kind of like after each one, I'd close. Once I sort of upgrade, I'd start to close off ones which weren't so profitable. Mm. Um, and so now I'm just left with like three of them in Wimbledon, which is like in Southwest London and uh that's what i do day to day so i run those studios i deal with like production for like the brands and clients around the studio and just uh, even outside of the studio uh we deal with a lot of like uh, luxury travel clients so get to travel a lot with my soon-to-be wife and uh yeah and, that, and that's basically my professional life it kind of like uh after running studios 
I used to be like a pure fashion photographer, but after running the studios, I, like it really opened my mind to like, I used to be like quite sort of like fashion photography is the best kind of photography and the best photographers are all fashion photographers. And like once I started the studio, that really quickly changed. I was like, I realized like food photography, product photography, children's photography, all these things like in each field, and genre of photography you have like people who are absolutely amazing and by just watching those people you learn so much so it was a great learning experience just like sort of servicing these creatives and like just getting the things they need make sure they can do their job properly and, and in some ways i guess that leads nicely then onto like what we're doing at ps labs is um like just servicing creatives i'm not even sure if most of these people are creatives but we're servicing their sort of creative need their sort of creative juices they're like a need to be creative and just trying to because a lot of people a lot of creativity and sort of de dexterous skill or like trained skill through like muscle memory and just practice really nice about a using this ar in these generative tools in a way all of that it's like you don't need to know any tactile skills you just need to use your brain you just need to use your head and think of what you want how to mix the things of what you want together and like just play with that like you do and so it's been like really amazing to see um how quickly actually people have taken to it because i think everyone kind of loves it if they receive some good results but it's been amazing to see how quickly people have just become amazing at it uh but yeah anyway in answer to your first question that's kind of my background i'm like an advertising producer and director in real life um and photographer and um yeah i just kind of run some studios in london mm. um yeah so fascinating uh yeah that's what i do fascinating like uh, i would have guessed but then again you know you, you, you can never guess what someone has been doing <laughs> you um, would have or wouldn't have i wouldn't have yeah mm. no, i wouldn't have no i was in a uh, space so... with um the DeFi jedi the other day who's in the room right now actually and um i kind of he kind of asked the that question as well i just asked it i just kind of flipped it straight back to him in the beginning and just said like what do you think i do in real life before I was like a rocket scientist. I was like, wow, <laughs> people have like a really inflated opinion of like who I am actually in real life. I'm like, wow, I'm not that smart. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, it is a bit, it, yeah, I love my job. Uh, to be honest, my real life job, I do love it. It's great fun. Um, I get to meet awesome people all the time. So how did you, um, because I, I like, I understand how PS Labs formed out of your job as sort of like a servicing, uh, a creative need. But how did you get into um, the AI engines? Uh, and what what is like the role of these open source engines for PS Labs? So I would say like I've been sort of trying to get into NFTs with varying degrees of success for like the past one or two years. My My best man, like my best friend since I was a child, he is like the lead developer of Foundation. Um, he built it and designed it all and stuff like that. And not like he was basically the very first hire that um, 
that they made. I forgot the CEO's name, but you know, so I've been like there talking to him, willing him along the whole way, supporting him. He's been telling me all about all the intricacies and the dramas and all the things that they've been going through the past few years. And and then as soon as it kind of got to a really usable state, I got involved. I was trying to release photography on it and um I did do well. Some things like not doing so well is like eventually like sort of the gas fees kill you over time. If you don't do well, you release more and you end up spending loads and you know, it's just a bit of a circle jerk. It's like uh but anyway, then like I had some other successes with just sort of galleries in London selling things as NFTs and stuff. But where it really came in, so if you if you can believe this, I only started using generative art tools on the sixth of January this year. Is the first time I ever used one, <laughs> and um, but I was always aware of generative art, right? And I just never thought that I could use it. I never thought that you know is something that I I'm able to do because I'm not a developer, I'm not a coder, I'm not a programmer. Um, but in uh, December, my my father, well, I'd say my father-in-law, but we spent sort of all year trying to take care of him and stuff like that but he passed away in germany and um obviously we went back and he died of covid and this is like right at the time where this new omicron variant hit the uk and it was going everyone in europe was panicking so we flew back to germany and then essentially we had to do like a two-week quarantine uh upon arrival and it was during like that time in like his in like the our dead father's apartment looking through all this stuff going through everything where i just like started to just learn this stuff and i i like use my i like started with youtube uh videos and then and then i just went down like a giant rabbit hole because i have loads of computers right like because of the studio and all the post-production we do so uh sort of scaling it wasn't really a problem but like i was just so I, once I got like hooked, I was like fully hooked, and I could, I've seen that same hook happen to so many of like our users. And uh, I basically spent about sixteen hours a day, every single day, for like three or four weeks straight, just like learning how to do all of this stuff, starting with one GAN, going to like sort of the advanced version of that, then going from that into sort of animation GANs, animation GANs into 3d animation gans like just uh music gans like everything just like learning every single one and then uh once you've started to learn like more than a few they all start to make sense a bit more you know together because they're all working off of sort of very similar things they all work in a similar way just sort of sometimes forwards and backwards like for example you can do a turn images into text text into images you can turn image into music music into image as well like they just uh they're really obviously it's very easy to get in like it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole and just to lose yourself in it because it's just fascinating and so yeah it is it, kind of like a fa- like father passed away and then i just was in quarantine had all this spare time i'll tell you what like when you lose a parent there's nothing that makes you sprint like a fucking racehorse more than because there's two ways you can take it right you can either like lose yourself and sort of go down into like a destructive spiral or you can use that as like fire to drive you 
and I was like, I am not going to lose myself. I'm not going, let's like use this moment and this experience to, as like sort of to drive how important life is basically. Like I can't waste any time anymore. Like, and so I just, like from that moment on just went like a goddamn racehorse and I've just been going like that even till today. And I think people have noticed that with the project. Um, so yeah, that's like how I got into it. It's kind of like a sad start, but it's been really beautiful how it's kind of played out, which I'm really appreciative of. Um, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to just keep fucking sprinting like a racehorse. And that's that's actually incredible. Uh, I would not have guessed that you only started doing research uh, early January. Like, I would not have. I thought like maybe it was like a hobby for a couple of years, you know, this kind of story. But um, yeah, I'll tell you what. Totally understand. I'll tell you what. The advantage I've had, right, is I understand exactly how content is made. Like, I I understand all the parameters of like a JPEG file an animation, frame rates, interpolation, saturation ranges, depth of field, and all of these things. Like I, I have such, my my head just thinks like that. Um, so I think that's actually where a lot of people who are coders and developers, when they get into these things, they, they can't sort of think so fluidly in that sense. So maybe I'm general, generalizing, maybe they can, but even after all of that, even all of just these parameters, actually I've got like a really giant art knowledge in my head. And so that has actually been the real, uh, how you say, advantage has been just because I have to go in and like just pitch to clients. They tell me what their product is, what they want to do with it, the USP. And I just have to come up on the spot of like, this artist did that like 10 years ago. And like back in the 70s, you know, people used to use this technique. And like in the 30s, posters used to look like that. And this was like type of propaganda. like you know just like picking me cherry picking these sort of like little pieces of culture and art from all different periods to sort of put together into like a new piece a new content and that really actually was my big advantage coming into this um was like just sort of this understanding of like actual imagery and content and not just from the technical side but also from the sort of i call it semiotics i mean it is called semiotics but like if we use the color red that means love or in the uk it means like in west it's like love maybe blood and death can be uh but if you show the color red in china it means luck money uh it's like different so like different cultures uh uh can take different definition and meaning away from the symbolism that you put in front of their face uh, based off of like their culture and their, their life experience. So it's just sort of like this understanding of like semiotics and like imagery and iconography um, and how that translates into, how would you say, like creating an emotion from a person. And that's basically what we're like, kind of trying to roll out to like our customers in a way like show them how to in the very first case is about like just look at this cool thing it just makes images and you just type it in but like when you really get down into it and like you really sort of get into that um when you go down the rabbit hole really deep you get to this point where you're like 
okay to like really create beautiful things that speak to people we need to like number one it does have to be beautiful but it's like there's like a level beyond just like physical beauty where where we're like connecting with uh you know human like common human feelings and uh, and cultural uh sort of ingrained uh behaviors and habits and things that they know from within these spaces and that's where it really gets interesting like uh, that's what we're kind of dealing with when we're talking about advertising in general actually but um what i was trying to do is trying to like boil all of that down into so if you go to our website we've got a whole page called the uni i've kind of neglected it over the past few weeks because i've just been designing the actual service too much but we'll get back to it but that the uni is meant to be like our educational resource where we teach people not only just how to use the gan in general but like hopefully you know put that that head that the information in their head that change the way that they think about art teach them and just sort of um because i think when you get opened up to these semiotic stuff you kind of learn it forever you know you're like ah, oh, why didn't i ever think of that uh, kind of thing uh that's so obvious now i've seen this like a hundred times and I, now i see exactly why they're doing it kind of thing you know um so yeah that's like the uni trying to build out that side i need to get back around to that because that's tough because kind of like i need i can do it myself it'd be good to have someone to help me with it but um right now just really working with developers and the community managers who are amazing and just building out the service to be honest but we'll get back to it um really cool sorry yeah i kind of went off off the no, bit there but um I- I enjoyed listening. Uh, How how many, in terms of numbers, like how many people have used the service and how many pieces have been created in, in the last couple of weeks? So I think we've done like close to 13,000 renders now. And that's not including all the renders that we have to reject because they're inappropriate. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we render lots of fair amounts of, especially with the Russian war and stuff, like a lot of, sort of war uh like propaganda style stuff and things like that it's been tough that's a whole other subject is i mean like I'll, i can touch on it a bit a bit like the ethics of the rendering um we have i think about 900 unique users who between them own about 4900 tokens i hold about 600 tokens because our project didn't uh didn't sell out and talus don't have a burn function so i basically had to just um take all the tokens which ended up working out really really well uh is better than selling out because obviously our project went up in value a lot so now those tokens are like a really great way for me to fund development to run competitions and create engagement without just doing fundraisers and just paying people straight up in cash and stuff mm. so actually that was a bit of a blessing in disguise it was a bit disappointing but yeah, I knew nothing when I was coming. I didn't know anything when I was coming into this space. I'm only on Terra because my, my, so when I was in Germany, once I got out, my brother-in-law, he's a huge whale. He's he's like, he's younger than me. He's like 29 or something, 30. <clears throat> he doesn't even know how much he's worth. Um, He's worth like tens to a hundred, like maybe close to a hundred million or something, like things like that. 
just <laughs> disgustingly rich. But the thing is, the man only owns like five things. He owns like four Apple products and a Tesla and his dog. And like, that's it. <laughs> he, like, he's the most, I wouldn't say frugal. He just, lo- like, he's just a real, he loves, he's a real intellect. Like, he just doesn't care about, <laughs> like, uh, what's it, uh, material things. Like, he, um, he's a real, I say, like, honest, honestly loves he bought like terra at the ico and he bought tons of it at ico and then he's a like, all into it. he's a real he doesn't know anything about nfts he's a proper like DeFi investor and um i was telling him about like all this stuff i was like looking into and what i was working on and he just like straight he just told me like you should go to terra you need to do the project on terra and I just listened to him because he knows what he's talking about. And he was absolutely right. Like when I started the project, even though we didn't know marketing and like we didn't really set out, but it, it it still picked up traction. And we've rolled with that traction for a while. And it was, it just seems to be like the right thing in the right place at the right time. And um, yeah, I don't take that for granted. I, I'm like, okay, we've got all these sort of things coming together. We need to like, drive it we need to build it we need to work really hard um and that's what we've been doing and um that's why we're doing the launch tomorrow um i know that's like obviously roll out more features but with that money we're going to hire more people who have already lined up i want them to quit their jobs i'm not going to say i want to do it like i'm not going to tell them to do it but I'm going to make sure that they've got a really nice offer on the table so that they can come and join me on this adventure because they're talented, talented people and they they really want to do it. So I'm like, okay, then here's an offer. Let's do it. Um, and yeah, so like tomorrow is very important to see what happens, but we will work with whatever happens, you know. Um, yeah, th- thank thank you. Um, this, and so tomorrow there's the new mint uh, for for the new collection. So what is this collection about, and how is it different from the first collection you did? Okay, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, so I've deliberately not done animation, right? I've not released it as a service, but <clears throat> I have been doing. Basically, animation is one of the very first things I started doing with all the gans. And actually, I'm better at animation than than pills, uh, because there's so much more we can do with it. But I've deliberately not released it because I wanted to just kind of save it for later. I wanted to like you know roll out stills, figure out all the scale a bit scaling side of stuff because actually being being able to like make all the art is one thing, but being able to like mint it and airdrop it to like a thousand people every week is like a totally different complex thing that like just took a lot of figuring out so like dealing with that and we've dealt with that now kind of like got that down so i'm really excited now to like be able to get into like the real the real amazing stuff that like gan do which is like animation and i've got like tons of cool things to bring out and it's just been it's just been about sort of not getting too excited trying to roll it all out in a um, staged way with uh, sort of wrapped up in sort of 
like as a product and uh things that people will love like not just like loads of things that maybe someone no one uses that one over there but loads of people use that one over there just choosing like exactly what we know is going to be a hit because it just works well as high quality kind of thing so like that come like with all the gan research we do and we, we're researching all the latest gans on like github everywhere we kind of pick them up we like actually at this point we are actually looking at the code as and i've got people to help me with that but um uh yeah and it, so so basically, uh, off the back of that, uh, I was saying we did stills. We're going to do animation. Is the X token only renders stills? It only does still image, which is still like a lot in that space. Like there's so many different types of GANs that render still images, uh, and so that's what the X token gets you, and that's what people have been playing with for a while. And we've deliberately not released animation yet because the O token will is the animation token, and that's coming out tomorrow. And anyone who has an O token in their wallet will be able to basically do animation in the lab. The first form of animation we're going to release is GIF animations. And uh, uh, like it's, I'm like proud to say, because I, I'm surprised no, no one else is doing it, but we're the first people in the world to be doing AI generated GIFs as a service. Really? I'm sh- yeah. Like not even not even the fact we're putting it on blockchain and minting it and stuff like that. No one else is even making AI generated gifts. Some people have started doing it since they've seen me do it. Um, and that's great. Like good. I'm really glad that like sort of been giving them ideas to do their own thing. But like in terms of there's quite a few businesses doing AI stuff actually and like sort of rolling out, especially in like fiat like um doing doing it for dollars uh and that's where like a lot of um sort of like the other ai businesses get uh get their ai from and so it was nice to sort of really get into the gans and um uh look at what it can do apply what we do so like one other thing essentially i'm like a sponsored artist from adobe software and so we wrote like loads of these custom scripts to basically take all, like all of the rendering we've been doing and we just write these scripts that just um uh, essentially just pump out gifs and um we just systemized the whole thing we created all of the scripts and code for it and we just created a new product like on top of like the GANs, if you get what I mean. And uh, that's the first service we'll roll out. So GIF, AI generated GIFs. And we're, we're kind of purely doing that. It's like essentially, have you, if you look at the O tokens and you look at the X tokens, that's exactly what it is. Like you'll be able to do that format. You'll, make, you'll be able to make GIFs in the same way that look the same. Or maybe not an X and an O, you can do whatever you want. We, we're not limiting it. Um, but um yeah that's the first service and then i got like some other uh services lined up ones i call it like a diorama uh i'll 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 show more of that another day and then uh the third service will just be straight up animation i'll probably go straight to i'll probably go straight to straight up animation actually um after the gift service but yeah the o token is the animation token it's going to unlock all the animation capabilities in the lab. And 
And so yeah. um, a, bit, a bit about about creating creating these new pieces. What are the inputs a user can give to to the render lab? Okay, so in terms of, for the just the X token, it's just text. Like you can say, like I want to see. Just you don't say I want to see. Say monkeys in space throwing bananas at each other. You know, by Picasso in Unreal Engine, and then it will like render that. It will like try its best to make work. <laughs> And it, it does a really good job of it, you know. Um, so then, so that's like the main thing. That's the main thing that affects the image. Like it's the text put in. Um, we then add the, the X token, just like aspect ratios. So you can choose landscape, portrait, square crop. In terms of the GIF, all of them will be square crop. They're all one by one. And you, the first parameter we'll bring out is speed. So it can be like quite still. It can look like a sort of just gently moving or you can make it fast. So it looks like it's just moving very quickly. Like really what that is, is what we call interpolation. It's like how much from the previous frame it's using to create the next frame. So if I say like use 99% of the previous frame to you to create this in the next frame, it won't be too different at all. So it look like it's not moving much. But if I say to it, like, use nothing from the previous frame to make the next frame, it'll make something, like, totally different. And then, like, when you play those next to each other, it looks like it's moving really rapidly because it's just two totally different things playing, like, uh, one after the other. So, like, really, when we say speed, it's actually interpolation. But, like, we are just trying to, like wrap it up and package it in a way that like people actually understand and we had like these be one thing i've like told our team is like we get these beautiful testimonials of like yeah i have three kids and my wife and we've all been rendering on the service and my children <laughs> have like you know got they're making nfts my children are making nfts on your service and it's great i love it that i'm introducing them to this world in a way that they are having fun and i'm like that it's absolute gold. Thank you so much. And so I think like a big part of it is taking all this like really complex uh, jargon and just packaging it up in a way that like, you know, uh, everyone can understand, everyone can interface with. It still means the same thing, but like it's just a different language. Um, and then uh, the other, so that's one thing is speed, which is basically interpolation on the gifts and the other one will be seeds and seeds are like seeds are like predetermined styles that we create that people can put onto their gif and this is really actually meant for beginners what you find is like once people start using our service for a few runs they stop using the seeds actually because they kind of know what they're doing at that point um but for beginners and like you don't know what you're doing we introduce the seeds because you know probably one of the easiest ways to like lose a user is they just get like a really bad rent like a render back that they're just not happy like it doesn't look good they're not happy with it so it's kind of uh, a seed is like a style so if you go to like instagram and you have your filters is a similar thing but it's kind of like more advanced than that so uh, the seed we've been running for a few runs and we've purposefully not introduced any new seeds because that's the next collection is uh fable 
so fable the fables just makes your renders look like uh like a fable like a, a story from like a children's book or something and uh it's not just like a color it's not just like a for example a filter in instagram would be like oh we add more warmth to this we bring the shadows up we reduce the contrast and it makes it look like a vintage photo uh this is more of like we put fable on it straight up makes everything look like a like a children's book <laughs> and uh it really is very powerful and so so that's the second option it's like you can choose a seed and the next run we run we're going to introduce another seed again so you'll have like two options i realize people have just been working with fable for like three runs now so they i think they might be getting a bit bored so i'm going to introduce another one and um so you've got speed and fable and seeds and uh those are the two parameters you'll be able to choose from we will introduce like more parameters if we think that they are like fun to play with if you get what i mean because changing some parameters is just like simply not fun to play with so like there's a lot of stuff we fix in the background um yeah and then uh that that's essentially it with the gif animation so so those are the two settings you'll be able to choose at launch yeah uh so yeah uh and then animation we haven't got we're still we haven't gone into sort of the weeds of animation yet, but that will have a lot of options as well. Thank you. So um, I've got maybe two more questions and then um, community members can come up and, and ask questions or just talk and, you know, um, say whatever they, they would like to say. So um, first question is just, a, I think, a really short one. Um, people who hold the original Terra X, do they have, um, you know, some kind of OG um, status? Is is there something that they can benefit from? So there are like a, basically about 10 people who have this real OG status. They're like the 100 X holders. So they're the people who, when we first minted, they bought 100 X tokens and uh they have like a status where essentially i use them as my testing group when before we roll out like a new service i let them loose on it first just to you know obviously when you're designing these things you never know what can go wrong and like you don't want to roll it out at scale uh you want a kind of a bit more of a staged approach. So the, 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 we do have like this one group and it's called the Alchemists Workshop. And uh, that group is just made up of people who bought a hundred X tokens at the original mint. And there's no, basically there's no, anyone else could get into it unless we might do the same thing with the O tokens. If someone maxes out the mint on O tokens, because, but that's a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, they can, we'll get them in the Alchemist Workshop. So there's, we got that, but other than that, no, not really. Everyone has the same, everyone has the exact same access, exact same rights to everything. There's no rarity in our projects. I mean, there is rarity. We don't, we just don't like say like, this is 2% rare and that is 5% rare. Like, um, we just don't prescribe it because I just think it's like, I don't want to like tell people what's valuable, you know, I want, I want to, I want people to look at it and be like, I like it. So I'm going to get it rather than 
that is rare so i'm gonna buy it kind of thing uh i just think that like it's kind kind of almost like a bit of a problem with the way nfts are perceived um so yeah so in answer to your question yes we do have an og status there's about i think it's like 10 to 15 of them i think like 12 maybe they have like kind of exclusive rights and they are like our testing group for new software, new services that we roll out, new products and things like that. Right. Um, and because um, there is an X holders whitelist for them in tomorrow, right? Yeah. That's the only way to be on the whitelist. Like we didn't add, we didn't, we don't add anyone onto the whitelist unless they have an X token in their wallet. Those are the only people in the whitelist. Even though that's why, like, when we're offering whitelist to people, I transfer token into their wallet because I don't want to start dealing with the sort of whitelist giveaway stuff. Uh, I just like I just want to do snapshots of like who the holders are, and that's the only way to be on our whitelist. Uh, and that's how it works, and that's how we operate. And like to sort of kind of get around that bit, we, I, I basically send people tokens the giveaways for the whitelist giveaway so they get even more value you know they got next token they can actually use the service to be honest so yeah they so there is a whitelist uh it's only x token holders and we we give away x tokens to get people onto the whitelist right cool um one one last question um how it's a very tough question uh, okay, <laughs> it's a how do you see ps labs evolve in like one year's time or, or like two years time uh fantastic question i'm actually really glad you asked it because i think about this all the time and there's a lot of avenues we can go down um in the very in like sort of like the more immediate future the first thing we're going to do, which will be done in like literally one or like a few weeks time is like just the big facelift on like the service, better interface, uh, obviously O token services rolling out a history, a logbook of like your history of renders. Uh, what else are we working on? Like immediately. So we're working on some stuff like profanity filters that like just show up in the submission because a lot of people submit a render. And then, like, they obviously they lose that render, but and then, like they never get anything back. But they basically wasted a, a submission. So, like, trying to allow them to not waste their submissions by just telling, like, just the the word is highlighted red. They can't submit. That's like more immediate, like just general facelift on the UI because I've basically done all the design work on all of the interface so far, and I'm not uh, I'm not an interface designer. Um. So that's all sorted out. We've got like a new guy who works for Sky TV. He does all of the interface for like Sky and the web, the Sky website. He's our new interface designer. We've got like a data scientist from Canada joining the team. Literally a few days ago, he's helping with sort of backend stuff and like file management and also new GANs. He works directly with me on new GANs uh, because he loves AI. And we've got like uh, two Italian guys, a front end and a back end dev. And uh, the, the main guy is like Piago. He's kind of like the the he's the, the first person to come out of the woodwork and say like this. I love this project. I am a professional backend developer. Uh, I would want to help. And I was like, oh my god, thank God you came out and <laughs> offered some help because I need your help. 
and I, I wouldn't be there without like him and a few other people like Archangel and um, another guy called Morox and Chubby and they, they just it wouldn't happen so that's like more immediate future sorry and I'll get moved I'm gonna just go through it like step by step we're going to then release the next collection is called the seed collection actually the next thing we do after before seed collection we're going to re- introduce a burn function so the burn obviously the lab is like a infinitely growing collection right it just keeps on growing as renders come out so what we're going to do is introduce the burn function and i'm going to call it like the recycling center or something and that is going to be where a place where people can burn their existing renders to recuperate rendering capacity back into their accounts and so this will play two roles number one it will like act as a deflationary function on the collection itself number two people will start buying the floor for all the the crappy renders so like people have got like loads of renders in their wallets that basically are no good because it doesn't it's like not everything is great that comes out the ai you know 50 percent of it is kind of just weird um so they can now just basically go online list it for one or two dollars and sell it so they make money off their crappy renders and then people will buy them just so that they can recycle them and recuperate rendering capacity back into their accounts so like basically it'll be like a floor people are obsessed with floor price right um it'll be a function that basically raises the floor price deflationary as well on the overall uh supply and then allows people to clean up their portfolios as well so that's like smart that is that is really smart so in in essence you you, i'm a user i i mess around i create a piece of shit uh and then i sell it to someone who who wants to do like an extra worth like that piece of shit's worth like five dollars yeah because it's cheap (laughs) it's cheaper than buying a token yeah yeah so yeah basically even your crappy renders will be worth something you know um so that's the first that's the next thing we'll introduce after a big after a big facelift you know we've animated all of the wallet connect and like when you submit everything is going to be like an animation of like scanning your wallet the verification of every token address and every token number we initiate the lab access granted to the lab opens up the interface and then like once the interface is gone when you submit it's like oh these are the parameters you chose this gan file sending submission uh submit uh, is submitted 100 percent, and then back background to the flow again um so like that's the first step we're doing like this giant overhaul of how like the interface looks second step is like a deflationary function in the lab which works to like you know allow people to as i said there's a kind of kind of a free point attack there and then um after that we're going to release something i call the seed collection and the seed collection is uh essentially all built around staking functions and staking staking functionality so the way like most staking works in current nft projects is um you know we 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 all lock up our nfts we get some kind of drip reward from that and then uh you know we we raise the floor price because the liquidity uh, like the 
the supply has gone down so there's less on the market floor price goes up that's kind of the idea of like most staking so trying to obviously in our own way not do what everyone else is doing uh i created something called the seed collection and number one all the money that comes from the seed collection will go towards a seed fund which all goes into staking high apr you know lunar staking there where like basically it just covers all of the minting and airdropping forever for everyone anyway what the seed collection is is like we basically just re- release default or generic seeds for like one two three four five dollars i don't know what the price is it depends on the volume so let's just say five dollars and they're just blank seeds you go to we'll cr- i'm gonna we're gonna create something called the arboretum and uh, an arboretum for those who don't know is like um it's kind of like a it's like a zoo but for trees so if you go to an arboretum in the uk it's like a place where people have grown all different species of trees as like a sort of just to study them and like they're they're kind of and people just start you know they're very popular people walk around them and there's all different species of trees from all around the world there so we're going to build something a space called the arboretum and then you go there and you stake your default seeds and the longer that you stake your seed the higher the rarity becomes when you unstake it so it's like the longer you leave it there the bigger and stronger it grows and then when you take it out that seed becomes the seed inside the lab so like you know i'm talking about fable and like the other ones you want to release which i have purposefully not released they will unlock new filters and styles inside the x and the o rendering ecosystem and then fascinating yeah so that's how the seed collection will work so like if someone leaves something for half a year they'll get like basically a really high chance of getting a seed where only literally like one or two of them exist and those one or two that exist i'm gonna just i know who all the best generative artists are like in the world and they're so amazing I'm going to be like, okay, Rhinisto, can you make a seed for our community? Here's like $2,000. Just like give us like a little formula with the seed numbers and stuff like that. Like I'll work with him. We'll figure out how it's actually done. I have a good idea of how to do it. And, uh, and then really rare stuff will be like totally custom made ones by like the best generative artists in the world. And then like the sort of common ones where like you staked only for like under a week, you only have like, you know, there'll be like a failure rate, like maybe 20, 30% failure rate of the seed. And like, and like, but you get fable back, like one of our common ones that like everyone has access to. Anyway, we release like literally like 20, 30, 40,000 of these seeds. And what's nice about this collection as well is we can keep releasing new seeds over time. We don't need to release any new collections um, because that we just add on to like what you can receive when you unstake your seed in the arboretum it makes sense it, it does it, it, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> and i've 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 even um i had like this question in my mind so suppose yeah. that um I, I buy seeds and i love this idea so i'm gonna buy seeds anyways um yeah. and i stake him for like a year and I get yeah. this amazing artist to to create a seed for for this, right? And then it's like 
a filter that I own, right? Yeah. Which is a, a unique piece. Can I lend it out to people? Oh, that's very interesting. I like, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because I think you either sell it or you sell your renders from it. Right. Uh, I think to sort of lease it out is kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, you can easily just do that for people. Like, people can just message you and say, like, can I do a render with your seed? Like, I like this. And you can be like, yeah, just send me $50. I'll do the render. I'll try and send you the, like, we don't need to really facilitate that to some extent, if you go, know I mean, mm. um, it is a nice idea. I, I do like it. It's just, uh, I uh, it's an interesting idea it's just building I just think building that functionality is just like so much complexity that is like like how many people will actually use that function uh, it's like usage versus like how much t work and time it costs to build that feature if you get what I mean yeah. so you out of everyone probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um so it's like an uh it's one of those things that i think people kind of like but i'm not sure how much people use it i think the people that only tried to use it were like the rarest seeds but yeah. that actually the fact that they can't use it will mean that it's worth way more if someone actually sells it um and so in in terms of uh of the rarity of these seeds um it's not necessarily how long you stake it, but how long you stake it in comparison to how long other people have staked it. So, yeah, that's also really interesting. I would say how long you staked it because... Because um, I'm, I'm just wondering what if... time <laughs> to work on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if uh, What if everyone just decides like, hey, I'm going to stake it for six months and then you have a thousand people after six months who've, who've staked it for six months. The thing is, though, is after six months, we'll be we'll know like, oh my god, there's a thousand people that have staked it. So we need to like sort of extrapolate timelines a bit. We need to release something full at this timeline, that timeline. As in, we'll. What's nice is like we'll kind of know the numbers a bit, you know, and be able to like prepare for it. Um, it's not. It, hopefully, it's not going to just be like a giant shock to the system. We'll be like, oh, there's still literally like five thousand seeds sitting there. But that's all. That's a great point to make because that I think that will become an eventuality. Uh, what I think I might do in that case is sort of uh, then create a lot of sort of like a lot of different rares, so they all get a rare one. But out of those people, only like one percent get like a legendary. Still, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like even out of like 5,000 people, they all get the rare because they've already done it for a while. And then maybe like, there's a lot of variance on the rare. There's like 10 different rares. So even amongst the rares, not many people actually have, there's, we don't like oversaturate any individual type of seed. And then just like 1% is like a legendary. So yeah, that's a point because I, I'm pretty sure that is going, if when we roll out this all out, that's probably a, thing that's going to happen because especially if we sell the seeds for five dollars in the beginning people aren't really sort of care <laughs> it's just going to be like yeah fuck it five dollars just stake it for a year yeah uh, you know and another thing i'd probably do in that whole case is introduce a uh a failure rate so uh, uh you know 25 percent failure rate 
5,000 mean stake, we've already got rid of like one and a half, 2,000 of them. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, in answer to that question, which is an awesome question, um, yeah, uh, introduce in sort of introduction of a failure rate, which will be existing from the start to the finish anyway, no matter how long you stake. But also, we will have the time to uh, figure out how we construct the, the rarity side of that. Because as you probably know, like we don't do rarity in a, in the X render and the O collection, but we will do rarity in the seed collection because like there it makes sense, I think. It like makes more sense to do it there in a staking function with like time committed, you get more rare stuff. Like you earned the rarity rather than like, like a lottery of like, I just yeah. got the rare one now i've like made literally tenfold um, i like this i mean for for someone who like hasn't been in nfts for a long time um you seem to come up with like solutions and and new ideas uh, around nfts that a lot of projects don't really look at so so it's quite maybe that's why it's because i just sort of have not been in this space in the sense i've been in the space in terms of like just straight up selling art on foundation but um not really in the sense of an nft project as we know it here in terror and stuff you know mm. and maybe that's why because like sometimes i look at like the way a lot of projects operate i just feel like they're just stringing people along and making them spend their money and they're asking people for hundreds of dollars and, and and then these people are paying it and then like they're just like okay well the, ne the next thing in the, they don't really build anything out and then they just ask for more money again. And I'm like, oh, man, these poor people, uh, because they want stuff to happen. You know, they, 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 they are so supportive. They, they want things to happen. They're excited about all the new things that are happening. Uh, but they all get like sort of a bit, uh, you know, rugged a bit uh, or even like a slow rug kind of. Yeah, it's just um, because I think a lot of people are starting projects they don't really think past, even though everyone asks, what's your roadmap, right? And then so it's like you almost have to just come up with a roadmap when you start a project because it's just a thing that's associated with NFT projects. Thing is, though, is coming up with a roadmap is one thing. To actually have the skill set to like pull off that roadmap is a totally different ball game. So like once some people like, you know, they do the fundraising, they got loads of money now, or like they've got, they, they sold out, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, now you've actually got to pull off your roadmap. And you know what, that that's like actually the hard bit. You've really got all the money and actually pulling off your roadmap means you've got to spend all that money now. Um, so they're like, no, fuck it. I don't want to spend the money. I like it. Uh, so, you know, how about we don't, we act like we kind of just leak a few things that are like teasers almost, like little sort of just PR little marketing drips. And then let's just release another collection, make more money. Um, and that's kind of like this sort of, I'd say like a, quite a fair few projects do this. And um, hopefully like we don't get, uh, hopefully we're doing the opposite thing because I literally spend all the money on, on, on just building and stuff but then like i kind of like that being said i i have the luxury of not you know i've got my business and things in london so i don't 
like need that money as much as maybe other people do so i'm like way more interested in just like using all of it to just build again because i love doing that like i just love just bit like uh or the challenge i love the the complexity of it i love the new things that we build and all the challenges that come with it so yeah um i can't even remember the original question but yeah yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> no that's good um we've been going for an hour so um i know you you've got some questions yourself um but let's just take a minute of uh time if, if someone has a question um in the listeners or someone wants to come up with a question i think we've covered a lot but you know who knows um we'll just take like one minute yeah. for people to sort of think about a question yeah yeah definitely yeah it does take a minute to think this stuff is pretty uh dense i should have some waiting music yeah it doesn't anyone got a question no we we've done too good a job. Oh, hi, uh, hopefully that's <laughs> hopefully it's just like not disinterest. Um, but in that case, by the way, anyone just raise your hand at any point if you do get a question coming to your mind. I have a question for you. Do you have? Uh, well, the first question is like, do you have a time limit on it or on on this space? Is like, just need to pop off at any time? No, um, no. But maybe what we can do is sort of um, we, we can we can round off the PS Labs side of things um, uh, officially. And then, uh, and then we, we can t- continue. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for, for being here. Uh, it was the very first open forum that, uh, that we've been doing. Simon has a question. Go ahead, Simon. Hi. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, just to point out um, that um, we did the, I don't know if you remember, but we did that Gravicats competition, that design a trade. And... Um, listening to the, your conversation about how it helps people who not necessarily are technical artistically produce something, uh, your tool does. Um, actually, that's something we saw during the competition a lot, where people would use your tool to do the backgrounds or do uh, some elements of the competition because they couldn't figure out how to do the whole thing, and it kind of helped them make it. And so I just wanted to point that out that I thought that was a very fun thing to see how it, it enabled people to be the TerraX uh, tool enabled people to be creative in a way um, where they maybe would have been a little too shy to show their work if they had done it you know, themselves. Um, number one, Simon, thank you for bringing that up. And I've kind of got two points straight off the back of that is, um, yeah, uh, essentially it's just been amazing to see how people have come up with their own use cases for this stuff. Because obviously I have like a very specific way that I like to use it. And um, I didn't really think that there are too many other ways of using these these tools and technology. But, you know, of course, there are many, there were many other ways. And like people came up with it. Everyone had their own ways that they wanted to use this technology. And it's been amazing to see. And uh, it sucks because I'm having a mind blank and I forgot my second point. (laughs) (laughs) competition you know what let's just move on but basically yeah it's just been amazing to see everyone come up with their own like use cases for this technology uh because i I, like i i oh yeah that's it this is my second point is um i've from doing all this work for uh all the people using the service i've noticed people are using it professionally 
So even though we are rendering stuff within the NFT space, people are rendering textures and designs and scenes and things like that so they can use it in their real life professions and their work as like uh for their album cover for their music for like they'll like render out all these different patterns so that they can do like for like their fashion design like print patterns onto their fabrics um uh it's all things like that it's um it's just been crazy to see and that, that just to me like just it kind of just tells me like the scope of it is so much bigger than like what I've actually originally intended. And that, that's kind of like one of why in some ways, you know, designing it in this way where it's like fun to use is like great to get people in. But I think the real service is actually like a tool and like to design it really as a tool for people. And um, yeah, no, thank you for bringing that up this for me it's been sort of like seeing how people are using this and trying to build around them a lot and you know they kind of have their own specific demands they straight up come into the channel and say like can we do this can can you do that next and i was like okay let's do it um so yeah thanks for the question simon sweet um yeah i I didn't even realize people people will come in and use it in their professional life which is wild it's been great it's like basically you know like I think the problem a lot of NFT projects have is like, the, or what they all, not even problem, but what they all want to try and do is like this crossover into real life. And, you know, most of the times, Board Aid Yacht Club have done it pretty well in terms of merchandising and like buying up advertising space in different places. But it's like, we're like actually crossing over into real life without even trying to market any of it. People are just doing it by themselves. And they're not even like advertising or shilling online on Twitter of like buy this floor price up, blah, blah, blah. We've got this whole other category of user that literally just uses it for their professional work and their professional life, rendering out print patterns, you know, using those print patterns on their like fabrics and and uh, backgrounds and like their Twitter banners. Uh, and it's just been kind of good to see, you know, because I think we, there's a lot of hysteria in, in the NFT space of like, oh, this mint's happening. And then after that, is that, that's mint happening. And then like, it's just like this nonstop like hysteria of like collection after collection. And the, uh, and that just seems to be the way the community, um, or maybe it's just the communities we're in, but like, it seems to be the way NFTs has been set up in a in a way. This sort of constant hysteria, this constant hype. And it's like exhausting. And um, it's nice. I it's just trying to build something that is not really. There's not much like hype or hysteria. It's just like really great functionality, and um, we're just servicing people. Like we are literally just rolling out like a creative service to people, and they can use it. It's wrapped up in NFTs because that for us that's basically the only that's the only way we can roll it out for free, basically is to make sure that we gain royalties on secondary market because even though i say it's for free because you have to buy the token right so it's not really for free but at the end of the day you can resell that token for pretty much the same price you bought it for um and so yeah we were basically trying to figure out a way to design this whole thing to roll this service out free and it only works 
it will only work as a business on blockchain due to the royalty structure and uh, terror, yeah. terror in particular because of the low gas fees and um and tal is right and because Tal-Is. the the royalties are are embedded inside a contract oh really shit i should have done the o collection on the um... I'm not, is it did they, is that a recent yeah. thing no, no, no. Ah. They, it's, because they they launched with with a custom NFT contract, and ah. yeah, it's it's hard coded. This is why I need to like learn from people like you, <laughs> because like I like this is the difficult situation actually. Because um, obviously, my our next launch is on one planet, and that team is incredible in like its own way, and Talis have been absolutely incredible in their own way as well. So thank you for bringing up because that's been the problem, right? Because I've basically been uh, discussing a lot about sort of OTC functions and these OTC services coming up. And my big concern with that is like as soon as, like if they cut the royal, if the markets uh, define the royalty or like handle the royalty payout, they've essentially just like cut off our uh, the the entire structure of our business because well i think considering one planet team is like really professional and they're you know all about utility i think you you could just pose a question and they can migrate the contracts and sort of you know do that i don't know if they currently no. do it but i like you know, my, it should be possible my main concern is not necessarily one planet because they are just like amazing i really trust them as builders and um and it would be great if they can bake it into the smart contract because yeah and thanks for bringing it up because i'm going to do that but uh the big concern obviously with the royalty not being baked into the smart contract itself is the fact that like once all these peer-to-peer sort of otc functions come out does that mean that like project creators are like just robbed of their royalties um, so um, Karma did bring up that they would um, they they are looking into royalties for for your OTC trades as yeah. well. Simon's got his hand up. Sorry, yeah, but but first I, yeah, I wanna on. I wanna give the the word to Guy Ranger. Um, Guy Ranger. He requested. Yeah. Hey, yeah, thank you, thank you. This is Steve. Um, um, yeah, it's not really a question, just something I like to share with you. Uh, just following on what has been discussed about the real life use of uh, what PS Lab has been doing. Uh, just a couple of days ago, one of my friends, um, he was trying to buy some painting um, to decorate his um, his hallway. And then uh, he sent me that painting. Uh, he said, what do you think? I, it's a nice painting. It's a, it's a countryside sort of type of style. I said, look, and this friend, he lived in a, in a seaside town near Bristol. Uh, I said, look, this is a really you know, nice painting, but it doesn't really fit where you are. And if, well, I mean, obviously, if you have a liking for this style, then that's fair enough. But if if there's no other reason, I mean, why would you hang such a painting in your in your bedroom or in your hallway, etc.? And I and I said, look, well, in fact, you can. I mean, that's probably why a lot of people uh, want to hang up some um, modern art because they they don't mean anything, or you can interpret it any any way you want. And then I showed him one the rendering I did from PS Lab. It's a it's a very uh, surreal type of impressionism kind of thing. I said, look, this is generated from AI, from a project I you know, I know about. And uh, you can actually, well, this is 
I actually in very high re resolution. I downloaded from the uh, from the um, the marketplace. I think the file is about 10, 10 m or, or or something. It, it, it's very big. Um, I say you can you can easily you know, go to a good good shop and print it and hanging on your wall, and that will be very fitting because it's it's very modern and also you you you've got a story to tell. Uh, yeah, so I just think what what PS Life has been doing is absolutely fantastic. It's it's really uh, for for people to enjoy, not not just as a PFP, but but rather in a wider sense of how to make this art or AI or blockchain technology or NFT, whatever you call it, more accessible to uh, to the mass. So, hats off. Yeah. To you. No, thank you so much. Yeah, I think like, you know, in NFTs and things, we like so quickly alienate like like real life people, you know, my mate who's a plumber or interior, like a decorator, the person who works at the, cust the customer service and things like that. It's like, and then, you know, you ramble on about NFTs and blockchain. You like it, even though you might think you're so smart, you're like really, you can really alienate people yeah, like, yeah talking about this stuff too much and like they're just they're being polite and but like so this has been like nice because it's something that you can talk or even when i talk about it, i do alienate people it's like ai you know nfts and stuff but, like <laughs> as soon as you show yeah. like the images and like explain just how it works you buy the token you use the service yeah. they like get it they want to try it it's, we've had like amazing stories of like people who literally just have never ever bought any any nfts or crypto at all and we're the first project they got on involved with because they wanted to try it i just tagged um just tagged you gravidow in like a post i just made because we just did exactly what you just said for the last run we chose like a winner and then we got that render hand painted by an artist like really big size and then we sent that hand painted picture to the person who rendered the original image uh is there any way to pin that in the in this chat i don't know how to do that do you know in a space yeah you can uh, like pin stuff I, top elo of space. can do it but you you can't elo is the host i think is the only one who can pin the the tweets uh i've i've, I've never done this oh. okay <laughs> What well, if you well, give God, me some some directions? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm a Twitter retard. But if you just go to like, I just posted it on our own Twitter. So if you just quickly head over there, you'll see like the hand painted, uh, basically the render that we hand painted, and then we sent it to our uh, our user or like Ooh. our community who did it. Yeah, like he rendered yeah. it, and we painted it we're now framing it and sending it to him so it's exactly what he um you, steve said uh just now it's just been like satisfying but it's really hard to sort of not get carried to it's really hard to resist and not get sort of taken with the flow of like you know the the nft hype and like all the new things coming out the constant buying of new stuff because everyone's fighting for the attention and it's just um you do have to partake to some extent, but um, it, it, uh, it just seems to be one giant hype machine and it's exhausting. And uh, I just want to build a company that's um, strong, not big, you know? 
Uh, yeah, and and more like more able to connect with the wider audience. I mean, yeah. on, on Terra, and on Terra, we all know we all love the Galactic Punk and Luna Boots. I mean, I even have a PFD Luna Boot. But the reality is, um, the people outside this space will find it very difficult to connect with this wonderful project. Uh, not the least because they are pretty expensive uh, to get into, and also you have to explain to them. Uh, in long de- I mean, I've tried many times to my friend have it, to explain the how this works and why this this work. Uh, it's really hard. I probably need like a few hours <laughs> sitting down. Yeah, that's to explain. Yeah, but, but for this these, rendering, oh, that it, it just yeah, it, it just very it's self explanatory. Basically, like most projects are like designed for NFT degens. And, um, you know, within that community, they do really well. And like, they are cool because these people understand it. They've got this whole sort of base of understanding of like other projects to compare them to that all kind of work in a similar format. What's that one doing different? Why is it PF better? The art's good. There's this utility of like morphing, like, you know, changing or morphing your NFT to something else. Um, so it's like, yeah, so it's like kind of like you need pre-existing sort of love and knowledge of like other NFT projects, and then that 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 pre-existing knowledge uh, allows you to realize why this one is better than those ones. Um, so, I feel like I I and by the way, I, I love like galactic punks. I haven't got a Luna Ball. I'm not so much a fan of Luna Balls. I love like meta builders. Absolutely love meta builders. Honestly, like I just want to buy like 20 more. Well, I'll do it tomorrow after our collection launch. I'm literally just going to buy 20 more meta builders. I just love it so much. It's like, you know, as you said, like sometimes just a project, even though it's like, uh, you know, there's so many PFP projects out there, like they just really resonate with you and like you really connect with it. So, I'm just, even though we're doing like this other kind of style of project, I'm just as guilty of like really loving PFP projects if they really hit that sort of nerve with me, that sort of sentiment. And it's exactly what I like. Then I, you know, like I go all in as well. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's like for me and for us, because we are, we, we kind of do this every day. We read our chats, we go on discord, we're part of communities, but like ninety nine percent of people do not give a shit about any of this that stuff because they they operate in sort of a different they're not part of the world you know and maybe that's a problem with the NFT space it's like as I said we like alienate people who don't understand this culture uh, so maybe we need to create more options so that we can bring them in. Get them using it, and maybe there just needs to be more options on how NFTs are even used. You know, because they're not just—they're not even just art pieces of art. You know, there's just the first use case is art, uh, and like retiring it up with art. NFTs are literally just digital files on a blockchain. There's so much to do with that. Like, um, I was um, you, you know, right at the beginning, I was talking about my uh, whale brother-in-law, who he's a proper DeFi. Uh, he's a pr- he's a real DeFi investor, and he's he had some really amazing stuff 
and ideas about NFTs and it's like totally different from like what I know of it because it's like I obviously art like um we buy and trade images of things and videos and musical culture and he said he was saying that in the future uh, uh basically our like uh receipts our driver's license our passports death certificate birth certificates will all be nfts and the government can basically do like really fast functionality on all of them and it doesn't need to be public because for example i could go to a club and run so there's loads of stuff on your driver's license that the bouncer at the club doesn't need to know he doesn't need to know like where you live he doesn't even need to know your exact birthday, to be honest. All he needs to know is like that you're over 18 or over 21 in America. That's all he needs to know. And like, it has to just be yes or no. Like, are you over 18? Yes or no. That's the only information he needs. So like, basically we can get to a point where like NFTs are like functioning on that level within society where like, uh, they're integrated into almost every aspect of life. For example, if you think of like every receipt being an NFT, think of like how all your VAT, all your taxes just being done like straight off the back of like an NFT going immediately into your wallet after you spend money. Um, so yeah, even though like currently the first use case is what we're doing, tying up with like art and things like that. I think it's, um, but the thing is this stuff's going to, those kinds of adoption are not going to be quick. It'll literally take like 50, 60 years. But um, let's see. When we're all old men and women, maybe <laughs> we'll be there. So I, I did manage to, to pin to pin into the, to the spaces. Uh, Simon, you had a question or it's... it's uh... Yeah, I just wanted to touch on, um, because you were asking about um, the royalties. Right and saying how um, uh, how the royalties were different. Um, PS Labs was asking, not not Elo. And um, just to clarify, and maybe for the benefit of the audience, if, if if some people don't understand, so the way it works on most marketplaces right now, from what I can tell, is they collect the royalties, and then whoever is in charge of the project has to connect to their UI and then claim the royalties, right? Whereas as Elo was saying on Talus, the difference is that the um, the royalties are just baked into the um, the NFT smart contract. And, and Elo, interrupt me if I'm wrong, of course. Um, but the, what that does is that in effect, right, the marketplaces are in control of where the royalties go. So there's this kind of trust that needs to be there with the marketplace, because in theory. Um, you know, I know PS Labs then is, is going to list on one planet. One planet, one day could decide, well, whoever is running PS Lab is not trustworthy. We're stopping the royalties and giving them to someone else, right? Uh, which was not likely to happen, but that's one of the reasons why uh, I think Talus in a way is a bit more Web3 than the other marketplaces because the royalties being baked in the smart contract makes it so that the projects control their royalties rather than marketplaces. Yeah. I wish um Talis did sort of like a better job of communicating these sorts of things. Because yeah, um, that. that's amazing. And like I really get I really got that from working with them. Thing is I know One Planet also have like this decentralized dream and I'm sure they'll build that in as well actually eventually. Hopefully they can just upgrade the smart contract to do it as well automatically. But 
working with the guys at Talis, they really have their heart in the right place. And they are true, like, altruists. And, like, uh, I was really lucky coming con- to come into contact with them first because, you know, like, I... You know, I very quickly sort of tried to contact people like Blue Art and stuff like that, and like it's just cold, like just rude and cold. And I was like, the Talis was so nice, and I just loved them. I just loved them, and so in some ways, it's like it's a tough one, isn't it? Because one planet's great, like they're fantastic, incredible innovators as well. But Talis also, I I basically didn't realize that about the smart contract. This whole time, I didn't realize it was baked into the actual smart contract. So that's going to like uh, play a big part in uh, my considerations for the future. So thank you yeah. guys for educating me there. Yeah, the, the, the Talis doesn't. Uh, I mean, all, all the artists who who launched here, the small artists, they they like the service. And as you said, they they are the from a mindset perspective, they are the most Web three um, th- that I know of of the marketplaces. Um, but they they yeah they they're not they can do a better job on communicating. Um, yeah and yeah for sure and yeah I'll but yeah so that. you know what? i'm going you know, to like literally just step in there and help them with that because um i i don't know i just deal with like um theo and thomas and uh so i'm i'm gonna offer my help on that part of them because i think um, i think i can help them there uh anyway is it right for me for the conversation on to you just quick, I mean, like, I've got all the time in the world. I don't know how much time you need, but um, uh, can I just uh, go back to that original question of how did you get into... I was the first project you did, this Lunar Assistant project. How did you start? Did you start it by yourself? And, like, how did that initial experience of you starting by yourself the idea of Lunar Assistant, how has that come into fruition? Mm, so last summer I was um, involved in um, a collective uh, in, in my hometown in, in, in Leuven in, in Belgium. And we wanted to do a print-on-demand service, um, but a print-on-demand service where all the artists are co-owners of the collective. Um, so they all get to decide what happens with um, the capital that is being raised through the sales. Um, they get to decide which of the um, the prints are like sponsored by the platform and um, curated, things like that. Um, so like a, a Web3 um, Everpress, if you will, which is a pretty, pretty popular um, platform. And... I read an article written by Danku on Medium um, talking about, well, DAO infrastructure for, for, uh, for the real world. Um, so I just, I think I, like I, I emailed him and then we, we had a call together. Um, and this was before Danku was like super known or, or, or popular. Um, and he said, like, hey, you know, there's a Space Camp Hackathon happening sponsored by Terra in two weeks. Why don't we just, you know, 
um, go there and see if there's people who are interested. And we just go from there. So, um, so we did that. Um, and we got um, all sorts of people in. Um, developers who were familiar with uh, certain like Web2 coding languages. Um, lawyers um, who were interested. Um, NFT collectors, um, people who were passionate about just uh, the idea of decentralization. And uh, we, we had a cool group uh, and we, we worked on like a proof of concept for Kairos, which was mostly just a, a paper, really. Um, and so Space, Space Camp uh, ended. Uh, we didn't win any prizes because, um, I mean, we, <laughs> we, we were a total noobs, basically. Um, when it came to developing stuff and, um, you know, Apollo DAO was also partaking, um, sort of a really big project, um, who were partaking in the hackathon. Um, but, you know, um, I was just really curious and really, um, passionate about DAO tooling and, and, you know, doing, doing research during the hackathon sort of opened up more and more questions and, and I think we all realized that Terra had nothing, basically, because um, Terra was so new. Um, we didn't have any kind of governance platform, any kind of tools to deal with that. Um, and so the, the, that was the, the center of the project, and it, and it still is. It is enabling these, these new kind of communities. Um, and, you know... I think like a, a month later was when the, the first NFT smart contracts were released on Terra. Um, and Galactic Punks actually said like, hey, can can you guys build um, like a Discord bot for, for token-gated communities? Um, so um, we had a developer at the time, um, Cole Killian, who's like a brilliant guy, um, very young guy. He's working with Glow now. Um, and he... Um, I think Glow actually got bought up by, might be retrograde. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and he, he basically um, built um, the Discord bot and serviced it. And um, it sort of grew from there. And it was just a community project. But um, I pretty soon realized, like, you know, I, I don't want to do my job anymore. I just want to do this. So um, I, I quit my job. Um, after uh, bef- what was your pre- what was your previous job? So I am uh, I graduated as a jazz major. Um, I'm a bass player um, by profession, or used to be. Um, so I studied. I started playing music when I was 15, um, and well, it absorbed my life basically. Um, and so I went. Um, I was self-taught, um, but I managed to get into music college. Um, and then did that. So that's five years for uh, for um, um, like a master's degree. Um, graduated there um, with uh, you know a prize from the jury, blah blah blah. Um, then went traveling because um, I needed to step out of Western culture for a while. So I went to India for for uh, and and to to Japan for for half a year. Um, uh, just out of interest. Um... What was your? I, I'm half Korean, half English, by the way. But um, just out of interest, do you have like a mixed heritage or ethnic background? No, no. I, I mean, I haven't tested my genes. 
but as far as I know, um, well, the yeah, thing is, like your mom and you know, your dad, yeah, they're like uh, Belgian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, no, keep going. I was just I wanted to grab that information quickly. See, yeah. So I mean, I, I was in in music, but it's really it's really hard to make a living out of that. Um, so I was combining uh, like a second master's degree in teaching with working uh, as a barista. Um, but it, like, I've, I've always been challenging myself in, in, in creative fields. And, and when I was in high school, I, I really loved physics and, and biology and, and these kind of things. And, you know, just making coffee just didn't cut it. Like, if, it's very unchallenging. Like it's cool the first couple of months because you're 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 learning how to, I don't know, steam milk, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, sort of learning about um, learning about uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, and all of these different technologies that that uh, go along with with smart contracts just kickstarted curiosity and a fire. And yeah, I just had to leave everything behind. So are you are you a developer then? No. Do you write no. code? I no. I do not write code. No. Oh wow! So me and you are like the same. Yeah. <laughs> You're like leading on project. So I've actually got a question for you, which is like something that my friend has gone through very recently, um, which I think maybe you should consider, especially if Terra blows up. Is so all the tooling you're doing right now is for Discord, right? Uh, and DAO no. functionality. Okay, no, gone, gone. Yeah, um, no. So um, we're working on uh, on a governance platform, uh, Lunar HQ, and that will—I mean, it will integrate with Discord, but it, it's a standalone pro- product. Great, because essentially, so I was talking about my best mate um, who built Foundation, and uh, obviously, Foundation started off with a Discord channel, but they essentially a uh, few months a few weeks ago just shut the whole thing down because they ended up just having tens of thousands of people in their discord and it just became an absolute mess and it was just like noise and people shilling like crazy and it just became a useless like a sort of community management system and um so they had to drop it right they just got rid of it and the so right now is like the size and the market of terra works really well for like discord actually at the moment it's beautiful because like we can do all of our customer service and all the community there and we can all do our team management all in like one place and so it's really good right now but obviously if terra blows up we get like huge inflow of people to like the scale of tens of thousands like me like basically tools like discord are just not good for managing such giant communities um and so especially with what you're doing i guess you're kind of a bit more on the side you're sort of dealing with the tooling of DAOs, but um I kind of see Gravidal as being sort of almost like a tool for community management as well in general within NFTs. So it's been interesting to think of like how you are preparing for like, let's say the eventuality of 
essentially DAOs moving out of Discord uh because like if things really grow and like hopefully they will maybe it's an an inevitability you know uh how are you going to deal with the tooling of DAOs and communities terra outside of discord mm -hmm. yeah that, that is a good question like which platform um will will these communities use and i mean you sort of have to pick a niche i guess and um for now we're just focusing on the bare bone tools um that they need yeah we're like, uh, a, few, the, we're like a year or two away from like mass adoption but yeah um and so the the cool thing about lunar hq is that we're designing it to be modular so that it's easy to add integrations with, with other platforms um so it i don't think it, it'll be like it can be a client underneath um other services um now depending on like where we are in in a year's time or two years time um i do know people on terra like hank uh, from bedrock um who are a big fan of web3 social platforms um one example is speakeasy um which is what well, it is a bit like Discord, but it's native. Um, it's Web3 native, so um, everything is sort of baked into the service, like token-gated channels. Um, um, I think that they still have to launch, so I don't have a good overview of what they will offer, but um, they offer kind of a solution away from Discord. Um, now, maybe a question back to you, like, how do you see management of communities that um, outgrow Discord? Well, I mean, I'm I'm, that's what I want to do um, in a lot of senses. I think Discord acts as a big barrier to entry, to be honest, uh, to our services. Um, I w would like to create architects and build spaces within sort of just on just like straight up build them onto the website um where people can interact uh, functions or interactions with each other you know they're just built straight onto a website and really just sort of really well designed really well planned out and integrated so but i like i would i would hate to get rid of i don't want to get rid of this code basically like i think that's kind of like an og thing you know uh but i also and it's not even about not even about getting rid of discord or anything like that it's to be honest it's about making the whole project more accessible to everyone because not and not and everyone even if they don't use nfts or crypto or anything because they understand the website right a lot like pretty much everyone understands a website when they get onto a, a website but like a lot of people just don't they don't even know what Discord is. Like the, a lot of people think Discord is just like a sort of a gaming thing, actually, even. And it's just kind of been adopted by the crypto community more recently. And they've done an amazing job of um, building it all out. It's great. It's an incredible software. Absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, like the, my, my headspace is very much actually not in how do we build out the Discord, but more in like how do we architect the community outside of it anyway and like we've got a great team involved um so we'll, we'll see 
So are uh, you imagining that, for example, on like you have a PS Labs website and then on the website or through the website, there's a forum or there's some kind of chat service? Yeah, I wonder if it can work in a way where like we basically just build an interface over the top of Discord. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. because Discord's already got like all of there's essentially if we build something out on the internet, we'll just be pretty much like 90 percent of it. Just re- be rebuilding Discord because um, Discord's so good at so many things. It's got like everything. It's just like we need some customizability and we just need to change the interface over the top because, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of information on the Discord interface. <laughs> there's a lot mm-hmm. of buttons, there's a lot of things, but it can do a lot, like a lot of, all these things. But we just need them to see our channel. We just need to build that out more. And so, so and maybe- David, how about, um, you know, in a year's time when when we're done building what, what we want to do and, uh, you're done with uh, building out the PS Labs and the seeds. We just, you know, build something together for, uh, yeah, for this. It sounds perfect. You know what? I'm co- I'm coming to Belgium. We're gonna go eat some chocolate and drink some beer, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go to Amsterdam. <laughs> then, uh, it sounds great. Yeah, because, I'm up for um, that. Yeah, when are you coming to Belgium? when when do you want me there (laughs) (laughs) this week i'm I'm busy next week i'm busy but after that i'm pretty free but uh okay essentially no you're so right like i know we're both in the middle of building stuff right now but i think the real i think it's kind of something that we've all accept that everything works in discord you know and maybe you know as you were saying kind of maybe a small advantage i've had of just like not being into it like not knowing about any of this stuff and coming into it i do see it as like a barrier to entry for like 90 percent of people because like people don't know what discord is in general if i you know i, I would i would like to like to what discord is they will, yeah. like nearly everyone will say no like so maybe because we still have um a very dedicated crew of one two three, four, five, six, seven, eight listeners. Um, is, is there any one of the listeners that, you know, what do you think of Discord, basically? Archangel, you're a total Discord maxi. Archangel is like, the, by the way, he's the reason why our project, there's like multiple reasons why our project's been so successful. And he's like an, a huge reason why we have been successful because he's taken care of the community side in such a massive way like basically creating the structure for our community to operate which i just never could have done and uh he did that archangel do you want to come up and defend discord for a bit yeah yeah he does yeah approved uh you know maybe he's um with his kids or 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 something like i don't i no no he's he's on he's on okay here we go hey guys i I, I think um, Discord is almost like double-edged sword again. Um, I think it's great in getting a community going and sort of uh, have that secret club feel that you're in a club and you're doing great things. But again, to that earlier point that you raised, I find it actually alienate people sometimes because for a lot of people, they do not get Discord. And even my myself, I'm not really expert in dealing with Discord. So 
I think, but I, I don't know what is a better way for, for example, for the NFT project to succeed. You do need to build that community to get the hype going within that community and um, then extend it out to the wider mass. But on the other hand, um, if you want to bring new people in, um, Discord is not the best place. It's so confusing, especially if you first you try to use it, uh, all mm -hmm. these notification all these menu channels it just oh, i mean for me i think a couple of months ago when i first tried to use it um the verification process was so frustrating because you, a you don't know where to click and then sometimes it it took you to some another site and then you need to click this or that um so it's not really user friendly but is there any better alternative i i don't know um telegram it, it's good but telegram got its advantage uh, disadvantage with two so i don't know it's a open maybe there is some great tool that's being developed to address this yeah but uh, uh i mean there's other people going to speak so i'll just be really quick but um yeah essentially I, I, like discord's an amazing software i just think maybe a solution is to build an interface over the top of it in a lot of ways but um yeah uh, i think archangel was first and then simon will move on to you go on go for it sorry guys uh so yeah, that point about how much this alienates. I mean, for example, like I was just talking to somebody on Telegram. You know, he he was reaching out to us because he saw all the renders we were we were showing off in there, and he started telling me about how you know he's trying to. This is also really cool. He's trying to get the whole family involved, and this is like a theme that I'm seeing repeated, where it's not just the Dgens that are into NFTs now. It's like the whole family you got six-year-olds i've got people as young as six that are submitting renders on here and getting excited about the project um and and yeah discord does alienate a large part even of the people who are active in this space a, a lot of them either have a preference for telegram or they have a preference for discord or they hate both and don't want anything to do with them but they'll they'll put up with it grudgingly because a lot of their projects are on there um i don't know if building an overlay over discord is is something that's gonna be the solution to that um i do know that i've brought up having some kind of informed stuff for the website itself but I, I understand that that also wouldn't necessarily cover all the bases as far as inclusiveness but at the same time i have to i have to wonder that the people who want to get involved with the community to some degree i mean they're gonna have hoops to jump through it's just kind of inevitable right with technology um we can make it as simple as possible uh and accessible but it's still it's still going to be some effort on the user's part yeah you're right there you're, you're absolutely right uh thanks for that you you does a really valid point <laughs> any community takes a certain amount of effort to like engage with right uh, I, I can actually imagine oh. yeah go on simon oh i was just gonna say that in my opinion right discord isn't like a bad tool um actually it, it's very useful for communities to connect with the, their te the, the teams to connect with their communities but the problem i think is the way um at least in our ecosystem we depend on Discord, right? Like if, if if Discord comes crashing down today for a couple of days, then like for a lot of communities, it's going to be very damaging 
because they can't they can't connect with their community. They, they they've built everything on Discord. So they're they're I think that's the main issue uh, with with Discord. Yeah. Not the fact that Discord is a good or a bad tool, but our the way we depend yeah. on it right now. Yeah, basically Terra is built on Discord almost. Well, the NFT space for sure is 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 <laughs> is very much on Discord and and very little on other platforms. Sadly, Gonita, you you gonna you had something to say? Yeah, um, I've yeah, you know, what if um, what if like an SDK is built um, that you know it works on on React and on Angular um, and it's like a plugin in. Um, you know, like the, the the website builder software kits for, for people who don't code, um, and it it just has the basic functionalities that you need to create uh, sort of like a Discord themed um, space with different channels with access rights for these channels. Um, but it, it's like on your own website. Um, so when you go to to the website, you you can see it, um, but you don't have the clutter of notifications from other websites, etc. Yeah, I love that. And then and it's done through all... like a wallet connect rather than like yeah. a sort of verification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's done wallet connect, and then um, there is like a, a central hub where you can go to, and where you can sort of browse all the different websites slash you know chat rooms, um, like a. Yeah, a central, a central yeah. space. That's it, what I, I mean. Like to some ex- to some extent, you will be rebuilding Discord, right? But um, there's a load of things in Discord that you can just throw away because there's pretty much some core functionality that people just use 99 percent of the time, and the other stuff's not used. But yeah, like a wallet connect, and then the wallet connect goes into the community immediately. That's that's pretty cool. I, I think people are gonna love. People are gonna jump on that pretty fast. Um, just to mention, I I probably I have to run pretty soon, so uh, just I guess like any uh, uh, kind of moderating now, but um, any closing comments? My my closing comments is just thank you so much for having me. Um, it's really good to be able to speak about what I'm doing. So yeah, to you, Elo. Yeah, th- thank you as well for coming on. I mean, this this went for two hours, which I hadn't anticipated. Uh, I was like, it's going to be 30 minutes or something like that. Sirs, I am and... severely disappointed. I only found out about this like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Somebody did not alert me to this going on. <laughs> uh, well, Discord didn't alert you. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Yes, it is 100% Discord's fault. Yeah, Blame yeah. Discord. Yeah, but it, it was a cool space. Um, the first one in the open forum series. Uh, I hope to do more of these with many interesting people. It was such a pleasure to meet you, David. Um, nice. Like you are, you are such an interesting person, uh, and I love just listening to to like your story, what, what you've what you've done in life, um, all the different people you met, like your brother and and whatnot, and and uh, and everything about PS Labs. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we had we had a good amount of listeners, uh, like 60 or so. C5 was here. Um, DeFi Jedi was here. Obviously, they, they left because they, they have a pretty big... And now we're left with the OGs. So I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to write down the names of the people who are here and send them a Terra X. How does that sound? No, I love that. I'll send the, I'll send the Terra Xs back to you so you don't lose anything. 
Oh, but we still we still have like sixty yeah. treasury. So May like, I have, uh, have like seven hundred of them. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get them out there. I rather you and I give them to you. And they're they're worth like eighty eighty dollars right now. So yeah, um, well, I don't, I have yeah I don't even know. At one point they were worth a hundred dollars. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been going well. Anyway, guys, it's been like an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll see you soon. I'm doing another AMA tomorrow at 11 a.m. in the morning with um, South Korea, actually. So, but it's going to be the same spiel. Like, well, we'll see what questions they ask. Um, it's, uh, I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record at this point. Just Well, I, I <laughs> hope you, you enjoyed the call and getting the time to Loved just it. chat. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I actually had more time to talk about um, what you're doing, to be honest. So maybe that's uh, another occasion. Well, well maybe you can invite us. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, maybe that's something. I or we uh, are you, you come to Belgium. Um, I've got I've got yeah. some friends who um are in the sort of you know, camera guys uh, like film uh, crew kind of kind of friends. So even if there's a thing, just let me know because then I can just uh, even if it's photography stuff, I can say, oh, it's work. I'm going like uh, I actually never go to photography meetups stuff. Um. If it's terror stuff, it seems to be part of it, and I can, I can. My wife will be like, "Yeah, okay, go do it." Okay, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Um, so anyone who's still here, just send me a DM. I I wrote down your names. Um, just send me a DM and uh, with a wallet address, and uh, I'll I'll send a terror X, and then um, David, I'll send you the receipt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for your time. Bit off because I've got like a member of. As my like a staff member who wants to talk to me. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. See you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was building on open source with PS Labs, hosted by Gravidow, recorded on Thursday, May 5th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a how to turn profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension. Might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression. Got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish. Out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got
got two left You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog Like a fake mate and called at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music